Welcome back to episode two of The Dog Intuitive. I'm Amanda, your host and dog nerd extraordinaire. In this episode, I've had a revelation recently about dog's recall and why it is so dang hard to train. And I came to this with the help of our dog, Garth, and watching him manage the dogs within our yard. It's super interesting. In this episode, I also dive into how we can make our dog's recall successful and provide you support that it's okay if you need a leash to reinforce your ask when you're out and about because we really don't want to let our dogs loose and have that off-leash freedom until they have a great understanding that it literally applies everywhere. So I'm so excited you're here. I'm looking forward to enlightening you on this little tidbit of dog psychology that I've been able to observe. Let's get into it. You're listening to The Dog Intuitive. I'm Amanda, a pet medium and intuitive dog trainer whose goal is to give your dog a voice. If you have ever felt confused or conflicted on information about the dog training industry, you're in the right place. As someone who lives with five dogs, I know that your dog is an individual who wants to build a relationship with you. Here, I'll break down dog behavior, training methods, and puppy raising all through the eyes of a dog because I believe once we understand where our dogs are coming from, we can help them achieve our goals. And because I live a lot of my life by the moon, astrology and cards, that's going to be sprinkled in here too. I love my family, dogs, Disney, and housewives, but not always in that order. So put on your headphones because earbuds are bad for your brain and prepare to be entertained. Trust me, your dog will thank you. So over the years that I've been working with dogs, like with clients, I'd say the hardest and most challenging thing to train is recall. Now, if we think of what recall is, it's your dog is busy or running away or chasing something or, 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 and we usually holler their name, Fido, come, and perfect world, they stop what they're doing, turn around and run back to us. But we don't live in a perfect world. (laughs) And unfortunately, recall is something that dogs don't do with each other. Now, sometimes we may think that they do, because if you've ever been able to watch like a group of dogs, if one of them, let's say, announces some sort of alarm, and they're having to, you know, it's more of like a rally the troops kind of a thing. One dog is barks that there's some something in the yard, somebody in the yard, the awful mailman is back again. And so then the rest of the dogs who are napping or chewing a bone or completely checked out are then back and they are ready to charge along with the dog that sounded the alarm. But that's not recall. And what's really interesting is as I've observed my own dogs, now at the time of this recording, we have five dogs and Garth is our Akita crossed with a Norwegian elk hound, and he is a challenge. <laughs> Akitas, not great first-time dog owners. They are beautiful, but if you are not familiar with dealing with bossy, pushy, independent dogs, and you are somebody who wants a pleaser, an Akita is not for you. Little PSA in here. <laughs> so with Garth, I'm able to watch him lead our dogs quite successfully from my little perch in the window and you know dogs being my passion I spend a lot of time watching them and observing them and just spying on them because I 
I want to understand these dogs more. I don't work a 40-hour week out of the home. I'm home all day if I want to be. And with, with having that luxury, I'm able to sit there and watch our dogs do dog things. And it's starting to piece together for me how hard it is to train them for our needs. And so recall is something that's really relationship-based. And even though Garth has a leadership relationship with all of our dogs. He's very much taken that role. And here's kind of the con to having outside dogs. And what I mean by outside dogs is Garth and Poppy are currently 100% outside dogs. If it is really awful weather, then of course we bring them in. But they actually, they're not used to being in the house. They like their porch and they like the mat, but they're not the dog that wants to go and sleep on the couch. It's not something that they're comfortable with because we haven't desensitized house stuff for them. It's like the floors are slippery. It's not natural. Whereas Tilly, Enzo are inside, outside. Same with Bernice, inside, outside. And Bernice will be a full-time outside dog as well as she gets old enough and we can trust her to be out there with the rest of them. And so watching Garth and, you know, having him be an outside dog 24-7, who's leading the other dogs? Not me. <laughs> Garth Garth is the one when I let the little dogs out or let Bernice out, he's the one who's consistently showing up for them and teaching them at least his boundaries, but also like his personal boundaries, but also I'm starting to notice he's putting boundaries on, it's almost like a safety thing. And it's really interesting. And this is where I had my aha moment with recall and why it's so damn hard to teach our dogs. I have watched Garth probably half a dozen times now, just this year, the first four months of the year, in moments where there's been, we'll say danger, and stuff that our dogs should not be running into. Garth has actually put a stop to it. And people who aren't dog savvy would watch that as like, oh, he's being aggressive. And don't get me wrong, Garth can be an asshole. He can totally, when he when he was younger, for sure. Now that he's, I don't know, I think he's going to be five this year. He's definitely maturing into this, not such a hissy fit. Like his fuse is longer. When he was younger, his fuse was very short and he would give a correction, but it would be too much of a correction. So then it was my job to remind him what's actually necessary. But with these instances of him correcting our dogs, it's been fascinating. Uh, and here's the examples. So there was one evening where the coyotes were yipping and howling and doing all the things. And Poppy, our, our best guess is Black Lab Cross Border Collie. She thinks she's a somebody. And... <laughs> She went charging through the yard. We couldn't see them. We could just hear them. And so our dogs have perimeter collars on and they are trained to listen to the invisible fence. And so I wasn't worried that Poppy was going to go anywhere. She's a total bluffer. And so she just went like, woo, 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 like went charging, like get out of here, coyotes. And Garth was also quite puffed up that there was this coyotes that are now getting closer to the property and so he's really funny to watch because he'll he has a big floofy curly tail like the akita tail and it'll get like tight like a cinnamon bun when he is on patrol and his ears are up and he is like really like chest puffed out and he's trotting around and he's very like what is happening? Like, where is the intruder? And Poppy, being a higher energy dog, she is like just going to go and chase these things off. Well, Garth had a problem with that. And she went off to go 
he doesn't know that she's going to stop at the boundary. All he thinks is that she's going to go into this danger and he's like, we're not doing that. And so he actually went and interrupted that. He cut across the yard and, and in his in his own way, stopped her from pursuing that. And so he did that by tackling her with a growl and she got up mad because she's highly sensitive. She doesn't like her fuse is short for corrections. And with Garth, we hardly have to correct anything. She's so sensitive and feels everything. And so when Garth gets too elevated and he issues a correction, she's not always on board with it. And so she will sometimes try and chase him out and and he handles it very well. Like it's like he knows she's being a crazy bitch. And he just kind of like trots away, like keeps his head out of the way and she will run alongside him and snap at him to like give him trouble for disciplining her too much. And so that was the first time that I noticed that Garth was putting a stop to our dog's pursuits. And he once he corrected that, he was then back on patrol. Like he wasn't like, you know, he wasn't relaxed. He was quite irritated that there was coyotes, you know, circling the wagons. And then there was another time where there was moose in the yard. And Enzo, I swear, I swear this dog thinks he is the size of our dearly departed Irish wolfhound Moira. He just goes, sees these moose, goes charging through the snow on the uh, snowmobile track that was through our yard. And so Garth was taking a better way and he was also chasing these moose, but they were taking two separate paths. And so the moose then jumped the fence whatever. Well, Enzo's still on pursuit. Garth notices this and he cuts across the yard and totally stops Enzo, like just cuts him off. He doesn't attack him or anything. He just cuts him off and gives him this like growl and a hold with his mouth. And Enzo stops and sits and and then Garth goes to walk away, like to then lead Enzo back to the house. So Garth is now taking the snowmobile track back towards the house. And Enzo was like, well, (laughs) Maybe I want to go back. And so then Garth went back and reminded him, like, not happening. Like, you don't actually get to go any further than this point. Garth didn't care if he was following him, but Enzo tried to leave again. And Garth went and reminded him, that's not happening. And so then Enzo just, and he gave another really mild discipline. It's really funny that, not haha funny, interesting how Garth will issue sometimes harsher corrections to Poppy than Enzo. And I haven't quite figured that one out. So then Garth returns to the house and Enzo's trotting behind him like, okay, sorry, boss. And then there was another time with the moose and Enzo and they, you know, all the dogs uh, ran into the bush after the moose and Garth returned, Poppy returned and Enzo was still in there and Enzo's bark changed to something different. So then Garth went tearing back into the bush. Two seconds later, Garth comes out and Enzo's on his, on his heels And so those are just a few of the examples that I've noticed how Garth isn't recalling anybody. Garth is actually chasing down dogs to stop that running away or getting in danger or whatever's happening. And he's not actually standing in his house coat, whistling or jangling a bag of dog treats. And so it's no wonder why recall is so hard to train because it's so unnatural for them. If we were out there and we left, if our dog ran away and then we ran the opposite direction or we started hollering at something different, that would probably catch our dog's attention and they would turn around and come see what else 
they need to get involved in. But when it comes to those moments when your dog is running away, it's not natural for them to understand that they even need to come back. What's natural for them is the leader interrupts that behavior. And because they're athletic enough that they can Garth and, and he's problem solving, so he's not going to take the same route as Enzo to try and catch him. He's going to cut across the yard and take the shortest route to stop Enzo from pursuing that moose that he doesn't need to be chasing. Or he's going to pick up speed to correct Poppy when she's trying to go get in a fight with a bunch of coyotes. And, and it's funny because he's not typically we think like when one dog chases then the rest of them follow suit and you would assume that all five dogs in every single instance would go and chase those coyotes or go and chase those moose and a lot of the times they totally do they work as a pack mentality in that regard but it's interesting watching garth when the the moose is gone or he's decided that okay that's enough of that shit he goes and disciplines and interrupts that and so then it's no wonder that recall takes so much time and effort to train. I'm not saying this to create some sort of doubt that our dogs can't be recall trained. Clearly they can be recall trained. But I think when we're sitting there going like, holy shit, like this dog doesn't listen. The recall works great in the backyard. I can call them into the house. But as soon as I take them to the dog park and try and call them back, they don't want to come. Or my dog got loose at the ball diamond and I couldn't catch it. (laughs) And when we're practicing our recall training, we really want to try and introduce the basics of what what do these words mean? What does this hand signal mean? What does the sound mean? Whatever you're using to get your dog's attention and, and what should they be doing when they hear that? Because dogs will not do that. Garth is not barking to get Enzo to stop chasing the moose. He chases him down and interrupts it and then reinforces his ask when Enzo thinks he doesn't have to listen. And so we need to work on our recall all the time because different environments and different drives, this is an ep- this is a, an episode for another day of the different drives and dogs, but it really impacts your recall. And so don't be fooled that if your dog has really good recall at say your parents' house where you where your dog is used to listening to you, you you taught them, you you drive out to the the property and let your dog run and you call them back and it's always successful and it's great. And then when you take them to camping and it's a different environment and there's different distractions and there's different people and all this sort of stuff, don't be surprised if your recall fails. So to help make it successful, I want you to assume that every new environment you take your dog to It knows nothing. And that way, think like puppy brain. You're going into that environment going, okay, let's test stuff before we just give our dog free reign because they will take it and they will probably expect you to chase them down and interrupt it rather than having to listen to your recall words when they are in a totally different state of mind and and drive and everything that they haven't had to listen to ever before in their life. So this is where you can use your long line, you can kind of refresh your training and and you can test it. So if you unload your ve- your dog from your vehicle at the cabin on the lake and it's sniffing around the gravel and it's on the long line and you say, hey, Chucky, come. And they totally tune you out. Well, that tells you at that level that this dog is not going to listen to your recall when it's, say, chasing geese or chasing a car or anything else at this property. And so to help your dog's recall be successful, always pack the long line, 
always test it. And e-callers are another great option for that security to have the follow through of you have to listen to me. It's like a, it's like a, just a, it's a touch, very similar to Garth issuing a touch to Enzo to interrupt the chase. Garth issuing a touch to Poppy to interrupt her chase. And I look at it as that's what an e-caller is doing. It can give you a long reach touch to interrupt that state of mind. And then you can, hey, I'm here. Let's go. I think it's just something that we need to start acknowledging in dogs and understand that recall takes a long time to train and that's okay. You're not a failure as a dog owner or anything like that. If you're finding that your dog doesn't quite have recall, there's lots of variables when it comes. Your dog is an individual. And if your friend's golden retriever listens, no problem. And your golden retriever just wants to go and chase things and run around. Well, you're going to train the dog that's in front of you. You don't have your friend's dog. And so then your dog can be leashed and you, it's a great training opportunity. Every time that you're in a new space, it's a great training opportunity. And you're in it, you're in it for the long-term gain. And so if you want to have that off-leash freedom with your dog one day, then you have to make the effort to train your dog right then and now so that you can start building those brain pathways and all that sort of stuff so that they know that when you do call them, that they come back and it's worth their while and it's a celebration and it's great. Because naturally, they're probably waiting for you to chase them <laughs> and tell them otherwise. Thanks for listening. Before you go, I just want to say thank you so much for listening today. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you want even more content, you can find me on Instagram at The Dog Intuitive. If you have a dog loving friend, send them here to The Dog Intuitive Podcast and help spread the wisdom laced with tomfoolery. So take a moment to give your favorite pup a collar scratch. And remember, they're all good dogs.